So you've really tried hard to attract clients to what you offer, but it doesn't seem to be working. Maybe you got clients at the start, but it seems to have plateaued. Or maybe you've been struggling from the beginning and it isn't getting better. Either way, in this episode, I'm going to be honest with you and ask you to review things that you might find a little difficult, and I'll give you lots of ideas of how to unlock the results that you want. After all, you created your offer because you know just how useful it will be to your potential clients. So let's make sure that they know that too. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. It's a chicken and egg situation. If you're working hard on promoting what you offer but aren't attracting clients, it's really disheartening. And when you're disheartened, it demotivates you, which means your heart isn't in spending time and energy promoting it. But if you don't promote it, you're not going to attract clients. This is a hard one to unpack, but in this episode, I'm going to meander through some areas for you to consider that could identify the reason for this disconnect between your offer and new clients. My aim is to give you ideas and for you to have light bulb moments while listening. So let's get started. The first thing I'm going to talk about is understanding your current landscape. Because if you don't know the current situation, what's working and what isn't, you can't make any clear decisions. But this exercise can be hard to do because when we know things aren't going well, we often don't want to delve into finding out why. It's like struggling financially and having to take a hard look at your expenses and the money coming in. It's not fun, but avoiding it can make the situation worse. For instance, let's say I was convinced that my podcast was a great way of attracting clients, but I'm not seeing results. Unless I acknowledge that, I can't make any good decisions of what to change. If I just stayed convinced and determined that my podcast is going to be fantastic and I don't accept that it isn't working, then nothing will change. Remember, if nothing changes, then nothing changes. And it goes the other way too. If there's something else I could be doing to turn my results around and if I just stay convinced that I don't want to do that, I'm just going to continue doing things that are essentially a waste of time. So in a moment, you might review what you're doing and realise that your hard work isn't paying off. This is not a bad thing because knowledge is power. It will put you in a position of knowing whether you need to tweak what you're doing, change your tactic or scrap it in favour of something that's more likely to work. All of these are great outcomes. So with that at the forefront of our minds, let's work out what your current landscape is so that you can see what needs to change. Firstly, start by making a list of all the ways that you promote your offer. I'll do it with you. So I promote my business through this podcast, on Instagram, on LinkedIn and in my Facebook group, through lead magnets and email marketing and a newish but growing YouTube channel. So start by making a list of all the places you promote your offer. Next, 
Assess whether you monitor where people actually meet you so that you can see which platforms are working well and which ones aren't in the way of visibility. The main way I track this is through my discovery call booking form. When people book discovery calls with me, I always ask where they heard of me. From their answers, I know that my leading channels are Instagram, LinkedIn and this podcast. So I know that they need to stay. So, so far, we know where we're promoting our offers and we know which ones are definitely working. If you don't have that latter information, then you've just identified the first thing you need to add. You need to work out a way to monitor which platforms are working for you. And if you need any help with that, then just reach out because we can unpack that in a power hour. So I know that Instagram, LinkedIn and this podcast are definitely working for me, but how about my Facebook group, email marketing and my YouTube channel? Now that I understand that part of my landscape, I know that these are the areas I need to review. Now at this stage, you want to be mindful of not making decisions on cold data. So if I just made a decision on the fact that no one is saying they meet me through these platforms, I risk scrapping something that could actually be working for me. So what we do need to do is we need to add context. When we add context to data, it becomes meaningful information. So I'll continue with my example and I'll add some context. Although people don't say they meet me through email marketing, many people who book calls with me or who I now work with had previously replied to some of those emails and we had developed a relationship. We had started a conversation. Also, I can see from my data that people have downloaded my lead magnets and they haven't unsubscribed from my emails. They are actually still opening them. So when I add this context, I can see that it's worth me keeping email marketing going. Because while people aren't saying that that's where they heard about me, it is adding to the tapestry of what might lead people to want to work with me. People are responding, so it's worth keeping. Now for YouTube. I use it to signal people to useful information based on their questions and clients request videos and say they find them useful. But I'm not getting a huge amount of traffic to my channel, so I need to work out why before I make any decisions. Firstly, I'm only releasing about one video a month and even with that, I've only been doing it for a few months, not very long. So one thing for me to remember is that I haven't given it enough time to know whether it's going to work for me. And once I know the videos are there, they're there. They don't disappear and they continue to show up in search results. So unlike social media, there isn't the pressure of posting all the time. And if I compare it to this podcast, Instagram and LinkedIn, I've actually been using those channels for much longer and I publish content way more frequently. So now I have enough context to make some decisions. Firstly, I know that unless I release videos more frequently and give it more time, I'm definitely not going to see results. So instead of feeling demotivated because it isn't drawing clients in, I need to take responsibility of what I'm not doing or what I could be doing to change those results. But the truth is, I don't have the capacity to release videos more frequently, which leaves me with three choices. Number one, I either stop creating content for my YouTube channel Number two, I spend less time doing a different activity that isn't bringing in results so I can allocate more time to YouTube. Or number three, I keep going as I am and I just give it longer to build momentum. Now, scrapping it at this stage doesn't really make sense because I know that there are things I haven't tried and that could unlock better results. 
So I'm going to choose the last option. I'm just going to give it time because the other marketing activities are working. So I don't want to reduce my time with those. So I understand my landscape and I know what I need to do to see better results. And at this stage, like me, you might realise that you just need to make some small changes or to give things more time. And if you do make changes, don't be disheartened if you don't see instant results. Usually you have to be consistent with something for a while before seeing results. So that's an example of where the context led me to keeping things in place, but just making some improvements. But how about if it's leading you to consider scrapping something that you're currently doing? For my tuition business, I used to use Instagram and I got very little for my efforts, at least not enough to warrant the time and work I was putting into it. However, I did get a steady stream of inquiries through Facebook. So in that situation, I scrapped Instagram for my tuition business. I could have just continued using it to network with other tutors, but at the time I decided to scrap it and I just focused my attention on Facebook. Now, I'm not saying that as a tutor, Instagram is useless. And if you want some free ideas on how you can use it innovatively, I've popped the link to a video I created in the show notes. But what I am saying is that we need to make decisions based on the hard facts, not based on our opinion. So you might really enjoy using Instagram, but if you're putting time into it, you need to make sure that that time pays off. So understanding the landscape once again allowed me to make decisions that actually changed results. And it also meant I wasn't wasting my time on things that simply weren't working. And this is so, so important because the amount of work and time we put into something isn't the factor that attracts clients. Sometimes it contributes towards it, but it isn't the main factor. We have to make sure that we're putting our work and time into the right things. So here's a quick recap of these steps to make sure you understand your current landscape. Make a list of all the platforms that you promote your offer. Assess how well each one is working for you and make decisions accordingly. You might find that you need to make some adjustments or you might need a complete change of direction. Now, in this example, I asked you to start by making a list of all the ways you promote your offer and analyse those. But you can apply this method to other aspects, too. For instance, recently I encouraged a client of mine to review their call to action because if no one was taking the action, was there a chance that she was choosing the wrong one? As I've talked about in past episodes, changing my call to action from asking people to go to my website to asking them to book a call transformed the results I was getting. So you can use this method to assess different things that could be impacting how many potential clients you attract and that is understanding the landscape. The next thing to look at is why there is a disconnect between what you offer and your potential clients. Why aren't they buying? Now, I think we can split this into three areas. The first area is to review your offer. The second is to review what you're communicating about your offer. And the third is to analyze how you're communicating your offer. Let's take each one. The first thing was to review your offer. And I'm starting with the hardest one because we all have an emotional attachment to what we offer. If we didn't think that it was fantastic, we wouldn't have invested our time into creating it in the first place. But here's where it gets hard. It doesn't actually matter what we think. If our potential clients don't know they need it, they won't buy it. If it isn't palatable to our potential clients, they won't buy it. So we need to go back to basics and pinpoint exactly who needs our offer. Who are they? What position are they in? And how do they think? 
If you're a tutor, saying that students need your offer isn't enough. What kind of student are they? How do they feel about your subject? What position is someone in at that very point when they need your services or your products? If you sell to other businesses or schools, again, who actually needs your offer? Now, I'll just circle back to what I mentioned earlier. It doesn't matter what we think. It's all about what our target audience think. So let's say that I knew that having strong spreadsheet skills is a great tool for monitoring business growth. And let's say I'd seen a number of people struggling with it. I could create a course all about using spreadsheets, but I know that it would probably flop because no one would buy it. And the reason I know that is because no one actually tells me they want me to teach them how to use a spreadsheet. What they do say is they want my help in growing their business. So it would make sense for me to create a course about growing your business and embed spreadsheet skills somewhere in it. And that really leads me to reviewing how you're communicating your offer to your audience. If you don't speak their language and if you don't create an offer that solves their problems that they have identified, making sales will be really hard. And to do that, you really need to understand what they're thinking. Aside from making some decisions about what position they're in, a great way to understand your target audience is to join groups and forums where they're active and just observe. Take note of the questions that keep cropping up and opinions expressed in discussions. I find speaking to people really powerful, so I gather information through discovery calls as well. Either way, to be able to connect your offer to your potential client, you have to understand them in the first place. You have to create an offer that they know they need, and you have to communicate it in a way that resonates with their thoughts and their problems. So I know that a large proportion of my one-to-one clients hire me because they just want a sounding board and they want advice from someone who gets it. Not someone who knows about business, but someone who actually gets their business from first-hand experience. So when I talk about the tutor's mastermind, I put that aspect front and center of my language when I'm promoting it. If you're connected with me on social media or you've checked out my website, you'll see that I often use the phrase, grow your business with people who get it because I know that's what's going to connect with my target audience. So understand your target audience and make sure that your offer solves the problem that they have identified and speak their language. The third area I mentioned was to review how you're communicating your offer. Let's say you're a tutor and you're very active on social media. Just posting text posts where you share values and testimonials might not be the strongest way to help people visualize what it's like to work with you. Sure, these kinds of posts are great for establishing trust. I'm not saying don't do them. But since you provide a live service, things like video content would work really well in addition to that. Imagine if you were thinking of working with me and all you had to go by were static posts on social media. You might book a discovery call with me, but chances are it wouldn't be with a lot of confidence. However, when you add the fact that you can hear my voice through my podcast or watch videos of me sharing ideas, it gives you a chance to experience what it might be like to work with me. And it gives you a chance to meet me before actually meeting me. So when you're thinking about the format of content you put out there, a good idea is to put yourself in the shoes of your audience. It's hard for me to be too specific here because you have to tailor this to your audience, your business and your situation. But the type of thing you might want to consider is the age group of your target audience and what that means. 
For instance, right now I'm speaking to you, an education business owner, and I know that because it's your business and your livelihood, you'll make time for things like my podcast. And if you find it useful, you'll look for things like my YouTube channel. As an adult, though, I also know that you're busy with lots of different responsibilities. So you need content in a format that allows you to consume on the go. And that's why I know that a podcast would work. But if I was working with teenagers, I know that they may not seek me out in their spare time, but they might when they're studying. And chances are they'd look on places like YouTube, since that's where there are a lot of tutorial style videos. So I might prioritise that. And I could still have other channels like social media and even a podcast, but I could direct them there from my YouTube channel. So think about whether you're choosing the right formats that give people a try before you buy experience. And if you want a bit more of a deep dive on how to make sure that your free content is selling for you, line up episode 52 to listen to next. That's episode 52. Now, when you're doing this, it might feel like you're just adding to your workload. You're already posting loads of content and now you need to add a new format to the mix. But if you take your time with the first task, which is to understand your current landscape, you should be able to identify things that you need to maybe stop doing or spend less time doing, which will let you allocate time to something new. So this has been quite a meaty episode and I know that I haven't covered absolutely everything that you could possibly try, but I don't want to overwhelm you with options. Also, a lot of my advice has to be tailored because what might work for me may not work for you and vice versa. But what I'll do right now is a quick summary because this is going to give you such a good starting point. The first thing to understand is your landscape and this means taking a very honest and hard look at what you're doing to promote your offer and how well your methods are working. When you get your first insight into this, remember that context is really important. If you say, I'm posting loads on social media and not getting clients, just from that, you don't have enough information to know whether or not it's working. You have to look at your strategy. For example, are you also interacting with other people? Are you building relationships? You have to look at how often you're posting, what kind of things you're posting and so on. The second thing is to assess why there might be a disconnect between what you offer and your potential clients. You know that your offer would help them, so why aren't they realising that? The three areas I asked you to look at is the offer itself, and it needs to be packaged in a way that addresses the problems that your audience want help with, not what you think they need help with. It also needs to be communicated using language that resonates with them, and it needs to be promoted in a format that's effective. If you're working with adults, things like podcasts are fantastic. If you're working with children, things like guides and video content is great. That's very broad advice. And the truth is, you have to think in a tailored way about your audience. But the examples I shared should help you know how to approach that task. As always, if you need some help, just reach out. The link to book a free call with me is in the show notes. So if you've listened to the end, well done. It really shows that you're approaching this with a proactive mindset, which isn't easy to do when you feel disheartened. I have full faith in you being able to turn your results around and I'm always here if you need some help. Thank you as always for listening and you'll hear from me next week. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.